Hi there, and welcome to Sheltered Journey, a place where parents and caregivers of children with emotional, behavioral, developmental, and intellectual challenges can come anytime, anywhere, to feel less alone, less isolated in their journey. A place where their experiences are shared, acknowledged, and honored. This is also a place for people who may not be on this particular journey, but who want to learn, understand, and be more supportive of the people in their lives who are on this path. This episode of Sheltered Journey is called The Greatest Balancing Act on Earth. Balance is important in life. We often talk about the importance of a balanced diet. I love sugar and anything salty manufactured by the Frito-Lay company. But if I don't balance my cravings with fruits, vegetables, protein, and everything else that makes up a healthy diet, then I feel miserable. If we are overly sedentary, we need to balance that with some form of activity. I think my bed is the most comfortable place on earth. I read in bed, I write in bed, I eat in bed, I watch Netflix in bed, I do paperwork in bed, I pay bills in bed, I learn music and work on new songs in bed as part of my work as a performer. But I know that if I don't get in two brisk walks with my dogs each day, then my mood, circulation, stamina, and flexibility will be compromised. I like my introverted life and feel somewhat protected by it. But I recognize that I need to balance that isolation by connecting with friends. So our lives are filled with balancing acts. In this episode, the balancing act that I talk about is one that is absolutely necessary, but may seem impossible. That is, parents and caregivers balancing their own happiness and contentment in whatever ways they define happiness and contentment with the exhaustion, chaos, fear, anxiety, worry, ever-changing circumstances, and financial strain of caring for a child living with challenges. How do we get that balance? When thinking about balance and realizing that there is none in our life, we may say things like, is this my life? How do I have a life? I'll never have a life. Is this the way things will always be? Where do I factor into this? And after saying these words, we sometimes feel guilty for thinking about our own needs. I want to give you a little background about how I chose the subject of this episode. I started working on what I thought would be this week's episode about resourcefulness, but decided to surf the internet instead because it had been a taxing week and scrolling through social media posts was about all I could manage. The usual selfies, photos of food, perfect families, and inspirational sayings were there, but it was this quote that got me to switch the subject of this episode. The quote read, A mother is only as happy as her saddest child. Perhaps you've heard this quote before. Maybe you've even said it, but it was new to me. And the way that I interpret it is, a parent or caregiver's happiness, because you can easily substitute the word mother in this quote for father, grandmother, auntie, uncle, etc., depends on the particular emotional state of their child. In other words, 
If our child is up, we are up. If our child is down, we are down. If our child floats, we float. If our child crashes, we crash. On the surface, this quote may sound fine to people not on this journey and would fit nicely on a Hallmark card. But as the mother of a daughter with emotional and developmental challenges, the quote, a mother is only as happy as her saddest child, made me uncomfortable. It gave me the willies. Because if my emotional state is tied to my daughter V's, then I am in big trouble. Because my daughter, like many other children with challenges, rides a roller coaster of emotions. And I'm not talking about the typical emotions of a teenager on the cusp of adulthood, but anxieties and worries that seem to arise out of nowhere and play on a loop. Sadness about incidents, recent and sometimes old enough to think they had been resolved, can start at a manageable drip and turn into a raging waterfall with little notice. Sensitivity and irritation to sounds can become magnified to the point where I catch myself before I say certain words for fear of the reaction. When V's emotional tide is high, she attaches herself to me. If I'm in my bedroom, she's in my bedroom. When I leave the bathroom, she's waiting outside. Her need for my attention can be so all-consuming that she even says things like, I bet you love them more than me, when I've showed affection to our pets. I've joked that if V could climb back inside of me, she would. So you can probably imagine why the quote, a mother is only as happy as her saddest child, made me so uneasy that I changed the direction of this episode. Because if I apply that quote to my life and journey with V, then, quite frankly, I am screwed. I might as well erase any hopes for contentment or peacefulness in my life because they're not coming. But speaking for myself, and I'd say lots of other parents and caregivers on this path, I am going to fight like hell to balance my own happiness and contentment with V's emotional ups and downs instead of having her life dictate mine. I will not live by that quote. And while achieving the balance feels like teetering on a tightrope suspended hundreds of feet in the air, I am going to try my best to get it, even if it is for a short time. Because I don't believe parents and caregivers were meant to surrender their well-being to the challenges of their children. Yes, we love our children and want them to live their best lives. And that best life is probably nothing like we imagined. But that doesn't mean that we forego our lives in the process. So how then do we strike that balance of finding peace within chaos? when oftentimes such equilibrium feels foreign or even impossible to us? How can we realize personal goals on this bumpy journey? How do we handle feelings of guilt that may arise when we do something for ourselves? And there are a whole lot of other questions that come up from this quest for balance. There are no easy answers to these questions, but I'll tell you how I work on the balancing act of my life. 
How do you find peace amongst chaos? For me, I look at peace, or whatever term you use for feeling calm and content in your own skin, in terms of pockets, a small piece of something good. I look for a pocket of joy, a pocket of contentment, a pocket of tranquility within my journey. A pocket of peace may last a few minutes, hours, or days. For example, I felt a pocket of peace within the chaos of V's admission to a psychiatric hospital. After spending several hours in the emergency room, V was evaluated and transferred to a children's hospital. The medics wouldn't let me ride with her in the ambulance, so I followed behind in my car. When we arrived, they wheeled V in and I stayed back to fill out the admissions paperwork and then left. It was about 3 a.m. The pocket of peace came at that early hour of the morning as I drove home. It was just me, a couple of 18-wheelers, and a passing car or two on the thruway. I was comforted by the low hum of my car traveling along the road. The turmoil of the day that led to the admission was over. In that 45-minute ride, I was in my own bubble. No questions to answer, no forms to fill out, no arrangements to be made. A pocket of peace. This journey has taught me to recognize and appreciate pockets of peace, serenity, and contentment wherever I can find them. During a different emergency room stay, and a shout out to all those parents and caregivers that have logged in what feels like years in the ER with their children, the vending machine in the outside hallway had my favorite snack. Hallelujah! A pocket of happiness. The comedy on Netflix that gives me belly laughs has five seasons. A pocket of sheer delight. I love birthday cake, mine and whoever else's cake. For my last birthday, instead of slicing the cake that my children placed in front of me, I buried my entire face in the cake and ate it. It was a whim and I followed it. A pocket of joy. And if I put together all of my pockets of peace, joy, serenity, tranquility, happiness, I am leading a more balanced life. So, even in the littlest of things, find a pocket of joy, peace, or contentment somewhere. Some ideas? Listen to your favorite music and dance wherever you are. Don't worry about who's looking. Find that treat that you've been meaning to have and eat it and enjoy it. If you swim, the weather is right and it's safe. Jump into a pool, a lake, a river with all your clothes on. The clothes will dry, life will go on, and if you like the water, you'll get a pocket of joy. How do we realize our personal goals on this bumpy journey? As parents and caregivers, we may have gotten so lost in supporting our child that we have forgotten our personal goals or didn't make them in the first place. But I think goals are important because working towards them means that we are doing something just for ourselves, fulfilling something just for ourselves, 
even if we never meet those goals. In terms of my personal goals, I would like to see more of the world. I want to set foot on at least three more continents in my life. For now, that's not realistic or financially feasible, but it's still a goal and I want to honor it in the best way that I can. So, I watch programs about different parts of the world. I read about exotic locations I would like to visit. And today, I bought an 8x10 laminated map of the world so that I can pull it out anytime and remind myself of my travel goals. Another personal goal that I am realizing is playing the piano. I have always wanted to play the piano. So, with my portable keyboard, I am taking lessons. Now, do I find time to practice? Not really, and as a result, I should probably reward my teacher with a pair of noise-canceling headphones to wear during my lessons. But I'm doing it. I'm working my goal. It isn't pretty, and it's certainly not how I imagine it would be, but it's something just for me. I would like to be bilingual. I admire people who can speak more than their native tongue. But I don't have time or the money for classes. So what do I do? I put on programs in the background in the language that I want to learn. Am I fluent? Hardly. I pick up words here and there. But the bottom line is that I am working towards something. Again, not as I would have imagined, but I'm doing it. How do we handle feelings of guilt when we do something just for us? Go for a walk, go out for dinner, go on a vacation, go out with friends, date or enter a relationship, or simply detach from our phones so that even for the shortest of moments, we get some peace from the anxiety and worry that may come with the next phone call. This question is difficult for me and perhaps for you as well because I feel as if I was born with the guilt gene. Sometimes I feel as if every bad thing that happens in the world can in some way be tracked back to me. But I'm working on that. And when it comes to parents and caregivers doing things for themselves and the guilt that sometimes rides alongside, the best we can do is work with it. For example, when I feel guilt for taking care of myself, for having time for myself, I remember that whatever respite I get is a good thing because it recharges and prepares me for this journey. The challenges of our journeys are different, but we all need strength to survive and hopefully thrive on this journey. Taking time for ourselves helps build that strength. When I have time away from thee, I come back to her with more patience, more understanding. My battery has been recharged, and I can give her so much more. I don't know where you are in this journey. I've been on it for about 14 years, and I can say that in those 14 years, I have gotten better at my own balancing act. I've had to rework how I think about getting to peace and happiness, joy, serenity, and tranquility. 
But I realize that in rethinking how I conceptualize those things in my life, I can get there and I feel more balanced. So going back to that quote that I saw on social media, a mother is only as happy as her saddest child. Nope, that doesn't work for me. Instead, here's a quote that I can live with. A mother can be there for her child when she is there for herself. If you would like to share your experiences in finding balance in your life, feel free to write to me at shelteredjourney at gmail.com. That's S-H-E-L-T-E-R-E-D-J-O-U-R-N-E-Y at gmail.com. Your privacy will always be honored. Since I've spent much of this episode talking about a quote posted to social media, I'm going to leave you with a different post that I read on one of the online support groups that I follow and thought was fun. It read, You can pick two free things for life. Free massages, free house cleaning, free gas, free makeup, free alcohol, free pizza from anywhere. There were approximately 100 responses to this post. And in all of those responses, I'm talking everyone, there was one thing on the list that was unanimous. Can you guess what it is? I asked for it. It was free house cleaning for life. I mean, someone to scrub my toilets for the rest of my life? Are you kidding me? That's not a pocket of joy, but a lifetime of happiness. Not surprisingly, free alcohol was popular as well. What would you pick? Give yourself a pocket of happiness and think about those choices, or make up some of your own. For example, I would have added a personal chef for life, because I love the idea of someone cooking for me for the rest of my life. And I would have added first-class airline tickets to anywhere in the world for the rest of my life. So, give yourself a pocket of joy and play this game. Thank you for listening to Sheltered Journey. Be well.